0: Welcome to the Build a Life After Loss podcast, where we inspire you to build a life of purpose and joy. Our aim is to encourage your hope in the future and strengthen your confidence. I'm your host, Julie Clough, Life Coach and Certified Grief Recovery Specialist. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Episode 62, Honoring Your Grief with Catherine Praisewater. This is coming out on Christmas Day. That's when this episode is going to hit, the way the calendar falls. So first of all, I want to pay tribute to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he, as the babe in the manger, the hope of the world. I'm grateful for the beautiful Christmas season and the opportunity to honor and celebrate that baby in Bethlehem. I also acknowledge that our feelings can be particularly sensitive this time of year. If you are feeling sad, let that be okay. And remember to carve out some space for yourself to be with your sadness and breathe deeply into it. And hopefully you can have small moments to enjoy some of the beauty of the season as well. Today, I welcome a new friend to the podcast, Catherine Praisewater. You are going to love her gentle wisdom. Catherine has a knack for painting a picture with her stories, and I wanted you to hear her soothing and encouraging interview. We just recorded this a few days ago, but it seemed right to release it this week on Christmas week, because like I said, she has just such a gentle way about her, And I thought this would be the perfect episode for Christmas week. Catherine Praisewater is philosophical, but also sentimental. She was raised in a close knit family with several siblings, and you're going to hear about some of her experiences growing up in the interview. Life was spent in the outdoors, camping, hiking, backpacking, traveling, fishing, and singing songs around the campfire. Oftentimes, she and her family were the only ones in the wilderness except for the wildlife. Her parents told stories and taught the children about life from these stories. As a result, Catherine enjoys telling stories and writing about her experiences in a reflective manner. She has taught in primary education for many years, as well as Being a moderator for Middle School Student Council. During her years of teaching, she involved students in important community and global issues through lobbying local and national politicians. She educated students traditionally, but also through dancing, singing, storytelling, drama, and so much more. Catherine volunteers with numerous organizations, including over 10 years as a volunteer firefighter and volunteers with animal, environmental, and children's organizations as well. She and her husband live in New Mexico and enjoy mountain biking, photography, snorkeling, hiking, backpacking, camping, snowshoeing, traveling, and movies. The two of them have relished with delight with their dogs Dog is able to accompany them on their excursions. Life is best in the outdoors with nature and her family. Catherine is the host of Your Positive Imprint podcast, which can be found at yourpositiveimprint.com as well as other places where podcasts are found. She's also a dancer and has choreographed a tribute dance for her dad's birthday, which is in May. You'll hear all about her podcast and her dancing and so much more as she shares her story and the things that she's learned with us today. Let's jump right into the interview. I'm so excited to have Catherine Praisewater with me today. She's going to share her story with us and she's just an inspiring person. So I'm super excited for you to hear from her and her thoughts and um, her story. So, Catherine, hello. Well, hello today to you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for, for having me. Yeah, it's awesome to have you here. So tell us a little bit about your story. You've, you've had a, a fairly recent loss, and so tell us a little bit about, you know, what life was like before and, and what happened.
1: Well, I think what you're referring to with regard to my recent loss is my dad and I think that, you know, when we look at our life and we look at our past, no matter what age we are, we could be, well, of course, not two years old, but when even when you're young or middle age or older, when you lose somebody, you can always look back, at least for me, you can always look back on. Some sort of absolute, fabulous memory that you have of that person, which kind of helps you with some things, which is what's helping me today, because I don't want to be sitting here boohooing on the podcast, so I have pictures of my dad strung here. so um, but so my dad, it, it my parents are just the absolute, most wonderful people in this world. And I know everybody says that about their parents, or, or most people say that about their parents. And so I'm happy to be one of those that can say that. And life it is it just wouldn't be the same without the upbringing that I had. And so my dad is close with every single one of us. I have four siblings and a slew of nieces and nephews, which would be his grandkids and great grandkids for him. And the loss was overwhelming because my life is centered around my husband and of course my pets and my family. So what happened is December 2017, uh, it was Christmas, it was December 22nd and we have a, a pretty large family and of course with having a large family family. People are traveling in different spots at different times during Christmas. So we'll celebrate Christmas at the, during 2017. We were celebrating it on the 22nd and then again on the 24th and of course on the 25th so that we could accommodate all of the nieces and nephews coming in and out anyway. So the 22nd we're having Christmas dinner at my house and we have, I think there's 15 or 16 family members, if not more. and. We were enjoying the new grandnephew, which for my dad, great grandson. And suddenly he just said, You know, he was talking to my mother, I think I want to go home. And dad never, ever, ever says he wants to go home. He knows that people are enjoying each other and he just kind of goes with the flow, regardless of how tired he is. He may just take a nap. So we thought, nothing of it, of course, except that he was tired. So we took him out and to get into the truck, and he had trouble walking. But aside from that, there was nothing to indicate that he was going to go. And we had him in his walker, and we were wheeling him out, and we're putting him into the truck. And I was on the other side of the, the truck to help him in. And my husband and my brother were on the passenger side, and I'd climbed in on the driver's side. And uh, I told dad, dad, you've got to move your legs so that you can help us get you in. And so he started moving his legs and I thought everything was fine. So I got out of the truck. And the next thing I know is I hear people saying, or my mother saying, Rosie, my dad's name is Roger. And in French it's Rosier." But mom was saying, Rosie, breathe, breathe, Rosie, breathe. And that freaked me out. Well, within I mean, literally within seconds, he stopped breathing. So my husband and my niece and my brother began CPR. My niece is a nurse and my husband and I are volunteer firefighters and my brother has taken CPR training. And I encourage everybody to take CPR truly and truly and truly. And to practice situations because you don't want to panic, but I'm getting off, off track there, but so they started CPR and they had a pulse, but he wasn't breathing. And we are extremely a very close family, and each of us has our own way of being close with each other. And my eldest sister, who lives in Idaho, and and by the way, all five siblings were there, uh, not five, mm-hmm. all five of us kids were mm-hmm. there, yeah, and all these nephews and. My eldest sister and me are very physical. And so when dad would be laying down on the bed, just taking a nap when we were growing up, or even in adult years, we would jump up on the bed and lay in his chest and just hang out. And, and it, it, it was a protective comfort place. And of course, with my husband, that's what I do with my husband. And so my sister and I, we, you know, we rubbing dad and when, um when he did leave us we put our heads in his chest didn't talk to him and and as if everything was normal but what happened was the EMT or the paramedics came and they had a pulse but they couldn't get him to breathe and finally after about 30 minutes they lost the pulse worked 15 more minutes and then called it my mother was silent the whole time. Mm. We would ask her, mommy, are you cold? I mean, not a word. And she never, never took her eyes off of my dad. And I cannot imagine, Julie, what was going through my mom's mind, because I know what was going through mine. And it was just, we are not ready for this. I mean, you, you, I mean, no matter the fact that he was in his late 80s, you're not ready. right? Well, so my dad's a judge and a very well-known judge here in, in the state of New Mexico and very well respected. And so the police officers, and because this was an incident that happened on the driveway, by law, you cannot move him until the medical examiner comes. It's you know, 20 degrees outside, it's freezing cold. Oh my word. And so the police officers are there and they know my dad. And one of them actually was of older years and he had come to the house for search warrants. So he knew dad, well, they stayed in their car and left us our privacy. Well, when the paramedics called it, they left, well, we had to wait for about four hours, three or four hours for the OMI to get there. Wow. And that's the Office of the Medical Investigator for listeners who don't know. Yeah, they, we had to wait that long because they have other things that are happening that require their services, and we understand that. Well, my eldest sister said, I am not allowing OMI to get anywhere near my dad. And my mother said, I mean, for the first time she's, she talks, and she said, my dear, what would your father think? He loves the law. Don't you do that? And my sister said, Oh yeah, they are not touching him. And my mother again said, No, your father loves the law. So my sister said, Fine. And of course when Umama got there, they didn't touch him. They they were very respectful. But so being a close family, we grew up around the campfire with dad playing the harmonica and we would sing songs and uh, just an incredible wonderful family close ties so we started singing the songs that dad taught us he was air force and he used to teach us songs that were fun songs but we didn't understand them until older and and of course some of them are about mermaids in the water <laughs> and some other things that are you know not not really kids songs but he taught them to us i mean that was dad and <laughs> Mom used to say to dad when we were in the around the campfire, well, dear, I don't approve of those songs. We're like, oh, mom, these are great songs. And we continued to sing them our entire life. Well, so we start singing those songs, all five of us kids and all of the nieces and well, all of the grandkids. And we're just sitting outside. And my husband had gotten all the little carpet rugs from around the house, the bathroom rugs, chairs from the dining room, the blankets off of the beds, and we're all wrapped up and we have things to sit on on the driveway because he's there on the driveway and we covered wow. up dad and gave him pillows and it was like we were around the campfire again so we're singing these songs and then mom says after we stopped singing one of them and she says kids i still don't approve of those songs <laughs> so it it was it, we made it a a occasion that was you know, we're faith-filled family. We're a love-filled family. We're a physical family. We are a true, close-knit, absolute wonderful family. And we had one of my dad's best friends there, who's also a priest. And uh, it was remarkable evening. And we also sang Christmas songs, and Oh Holy Night and Silent Night. And then what's, and, and Julie, I don't want to get on the weird side, because some people might think this is weird, but it wasn't. But we live, my husband and I live against what we call open space. It's where coyotes live and skunks and deer uh-huh. and the bears come down and so on. Uh-huh. And it's not this huge forest. It's just, you know, an open area. And the OMI had come and they had, They started taking dad away, which was, I'm telling you, that was horrendous to have him wheeled away. But as he was being wheeled away, the coyotes started yipping. And I said, oh, my gosh, the coyotes are giving daddy a send-off. Oh, my gosh. And then the bobcat started screaming, and we're just amazed. I mean, this is just perfect for my dad. He so loved nature, and he loves us. It, it was just perfect. Well, the police officers were facing north towards where the coyotes were. Uh-huh. And my mom was facing them and the rest of us kind of our peripheral vision was to the north. And this bright light shone and we we just caught the peripheral, but the policemen were, oh my gosh, did you see that light? And I said, oh, well, do you think it was someone with the flashlight? Trying to find the coyotes, that was not a flashlight. That that was just this huge light. I don't know where it was coming from. But we didn't think anything of it until after the funeral and we started talking about it. And so I and I think being faith-filled family, you see signs that you really want to be your dad. And we mm-hmm. will we don't know what life is like beyond, but we know that there is something and we know that dad's there. And so after the funeral, mom goes home and the, we, she has this huge, my dad had it made this huge wedding picture of mom hanging above their bed.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: dad, that's what dad wanted in the bedroom. And uh, so it's huge. And so it's on these big, heavy nails or screws so that you can't, it can't, move well mom got home and and it was crooked, so that was just something that mom really felt well that's dad um, and that you know being at the at the funeral was you know he got the the whole military honors um we had a bugle player there and it was really and truly touching to know that my dad was going out there were so many policemen there and the lawyers and judges. So that's what happened that night at Christmas. And wow. as hard as it was that night, when we look back, we think how fabulous it was to be able to not have to be in a hospital room. Right but to be there right after christmas dinner sharing the joy of love and laughter and memories and him holding his great grandson and and then us being able to hang out for those 3 hours in 20 degree cold weather which was just like being around the campfire wow and yeah so it it was it was it was surreal if If we can use that word in times of there, but I haven't been able to really say the D word. I just say my dad left us. I mean, I have a hard time, and when my mom says words like deceased, I just it freaks me out because I I think my grieving is I I just I don't know. There's something uh, there's something wrong with me because I can't go to see him at his at his where he is now. Uh huh. Um, I so I dance. I, I do a lot of dancing, and that's how I pay tribute to my dad because I'm not ready to go there yet with my mom and the rest of the family.
0: Yeah, and you you were planning a a dance for your dad's birthday that was coming up just a few months after that Christmas.
1: Yes, yes. And so uh, my dad and my mom love. A, us kids so much and they support everything we do. And my husband adores me and he loves that I love dancing. And I've been dancing my whole life off and on, but um, since 1996, it's been on the whole time. There's been no year that I've taken off. And I was planning this dance for my dad because it was just something that I really wanted to do for him well after losing him I kind of lost sight of everything and I also was in the process of starting a podcast right and that was in 2017 and my dad was so gung ho oh honey yes yes I want you to do this this is great and where my mom is oh no no because there's there's not enough stability in doing a podcast and which is true for you know financially and benefits wise but my dad really saw a great vision and so did my husband and I lost sight of all of that. I lost sight of the dance I was gonna do for my dad and I lost sight of the podcast because I was grieving and I I stopped playing I literally stopped playing music. I just went to my dance classes and it was like I, I just danced. I really didn't dance my heart out. And I had been in Mary Poppins in um May and June of 2017 and it was a blast. So I'm so glad my dad was there to see me in Mary Poppins and uh, dancing and so on. So then I started, I I have a friend, his name is Chris Knoll and he used to be John Denver's piano player Mm -hmm. and he's on all of John Denver's albums from the 1990s. And I, for whatever reason, I just, I don't know why, but I just started, I just put in one of his songs and started playing and thought, and I I just burst into tears. I mean, I just could not stop crying. I called my mom. I called my dad. I'm sorry, not my dad, my husband. And I was, I just can't stop crying. I'm listening to this music. And my husband said, well, honey, then do what you do, you know? dance or write. I love to write also, Uh you know, reflect while the music is on and make yourself feel better. So I just started dancing and I thought, Oh, I'm, I'm going to do a tribute for my dad, even though he's not here to see it, I'm going to do a tribute. So then I took Chris Knowles music and, and did a tribute and it's beautiful. It is so beautiful. And I usually don't post any of that stuff on Facebook Uh and I never have. I just shared it with the family, but I thought, Okay, for the first time in my life, maybe I'll start posting some things that are personal and so I did and I posted that dance on on Facebook.
0: Wow, that's really special. That's really special. What a what a I mean, I love the way you describe your family and that that really like you said, surreal circumstances that you found yourself in where you were, you know, you know your dad's gone. I'm that just had to have been so hard. But then to to honor him, that tribute that you paid to him by singing those songs that he had taught you, that must have just felt really special too. Sad and special. It, Julie, it it was. And you know,
1: the I mean, I feel like I want to just burst into tears now, but it's it's when you have that such true unconditional absolute love in your life and it yes he was gone and and it it hurts every day but it also is joyful because i have the wonderful marriage that i do because of my parents and i have the wonderful siblings that I do. We all get along, we all love each other, and, and we're always there for each other. And it it was hard. And uh, Father Richard, when he did the eulogy, he said some things that really made us, when I go back and I listen to his eulogy, it is important. And what you just said is that we were paying tribute to dad that very moment that he collapsed you know, my sister and me telling him all these things about him and that he's just the best dad in the world. And we've always told him that, Mm -hmm. you know, we never didn't tell my parents. And so, yeah. And I know that each of us grieves very differently. Mm -hmm. And so each of the siblings, we respect each other and nobody says, well, you know, you haven't gone over to see dad yet at the cemetery nobody has said that to me because they respect that i'm do, that i do dance tributes when they're over at the cemetery i will go to the studio and i do a dance tribute or i go into the mountains and my husband will take me in the mountains and uh, julia i i t- i just will my husband will put the music on and i will just dance in the mountains wow. and it's that's how i uh, support myself with my reflection because I'm listening to the music and it's my expression. It's my self-expression of what's inside through my dance and through my writing. I love to write. And I'm like my dad in that way. I have his gift. Yeah.
0: And it, it, to me, I mean, I think you've, you've brought up three really important things, Catherine. Well, more than that, but, <laughs> yeah. but the way you've paid tribute, the, the idea that that we are all different in the way that we grieve and to be respectful of that. Even the idea, even, even the reminder that our, our feelings and grief are conflicting. Like there's this, this joy and then there's this sadness. It's very conflicting. It's very, there's a lot of contrast in our grief, even within one person. And then the way that you have, Continued to move through your grief in your own way, in your self-expression, and you know emotions are energy in motion. And when when you're writing, when you're dancing, those are ways of keeping the emotion moving. And that's that's a beautiful example of of doing the things that you love and having an opportunity to to do the things that you love and also express your gratitude and express your sorrow.
1: I agree. I agree. And and I hope that people who are listening uh, will find things in their life that, that help them with not, not purpose. Cause that's not exactly what it
0: is, but as as you say, and, and anyway, yeah, <laughs> that's really, that's really good. You know, so in the introduction, I mentioned that Catherine has a podcast and their podcast is positive, your positive imprint. And tell us a little bit about that, like how that came to be and how this experience of losing your father even molded that a little bit. I feel like it has, I could be wrong, but I feel like it has.
1: Oh, very much so. and And so I had i I'm a teacher and I've been in the classroom for many years, and then i I was working for the state of New Mexico, the Department of Education, as a consultant in schools as a literacy coach and it was through a grant and when the the driving got to be so much that I had to leave that job, and I was so sad to leave it, and I wanted to find something to do there that could really help a multi not help but inspire. I really wanted to inspire a multitude of people because I have I think that I have a great gift of voice and I have a great gift of of how to touch people and in positive ways and in and inspiration. And I have a great support in my family. So anyway I just couldn't think of what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And you know, you kind of were thinking, well, I want to make a, a career path change, but what do I do? So one day the doorbell rings and I have this big, not a big, but there's this small, <laughs> this is my little sign that says no soliciting. And I answer the door and there's this gentleman wearing a suit and then he's, he wasn't standing in front of the door. He was standing down by the, in the open down by the, the garage. So he says, hello, my name is Ryan and I'm with such and such a place, and I just want to let you know, and before he could finish his sentence, I said, my sign says no soliciting. And he said, well, I just want to let you know I'm with, I just moved into the neighborhood, and I am working for, and he gave this organization, not an organization, but a, a financial uh, company, and my nephew happened to work for this financial company at one time, and I knew how he had to go around in the neighborhood to solicit, clients so Mm -hmm. I thought I would give this guy a you know give him some time because I would want people to do that for our nephew so I gave him the time of day and he started talking and then we just started I walked out to meet him down at the garage it was in the open where people could see us so that was really nice of him to do that Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and we're chatting and he says to me you know we, we were telling stories it was like I don't know we were out there for over an hour he says, oh my gosh, Catherine, you have this incredible voice. You have incredible stories. You have got to do a podcast. And I said, well, I have no idea how to do a podcast. So he said, I'll help you. And he has helped me. He put me in touch with some folks. And I started talking to my parents and my husband about the podcast. And my dad was... Yes, yes, you have to do this podcast, absolutely. And and he was gung-ho. And, and a lot of it is because I had said, I want to start a podcast to inspire people. I don't want to do a podcast where I sell something, uh, and I don't want to do it in education. I want to do something where I can help everybody, and I want it to be worldwide. I don't want to just be United States. Mm-hmm. My husband was... was All for it, and my dad. And my dad, we would talk about it. And my mom was a little bit more reserved, and you know, because it doesn't have, you know, the benefits and so on that a regular stable job does. I continued on this path of thinking about the podcast. So the whole family, everybody, in and we're we all live across the United States. Uh So everybody, the whole family, got involved in coming up with how. I could what like a title for my podcast coming up with how to describe it. Cause I told everybody kind of my general vision and then my dad left us Mm. and I lost sight of it and I just didn't do anything about it with the podcast. And then it wasn't until I, I turned on that music that one day of Chris Knoll and then it just, wow, I need to start doing these things. My dad really wanted the podcast to go. And it's something that was important to him because one of the things about my dad and my mom is that they raised us kids to understand what it means to be a citizen of your community. And that is not just making out the checks and mailing them out. It is you go down to whatever community, a service to whatever charity you want to work with, you know, and all the kids are different, we all have different ones. And you help out, you give that helping hand, you do something in the community, you make yourself something outside of your house, outside of your job. Mm-hmm. And mom and dad did that all their life. I mean, they were involved in so many different organizations, they took us with them. They taught us how to do everything. And my family, and I'm really proud of of this. I know my parents, super proud. We received the first family philanthropy award for the state of New Mexico. Wow. And yeah. And in order to receive that award, 100% of all of the grandkids, kids, and parents had to be involved in organizations in philanthropy of some sort. So because of that I know that my dad would want this podcast Your Positive Imprint to take off because it's hearing what people are doing around the world that's positive whether it be in their job or whether it be an organization and I had you on the show yes. and it's it's not you know your positive imprint is incredible and inspiring and people need to hear what people are doing in the world and what people have to offer because then that in turn inspires them to want to be better people yeah, and or to even find their positive imprint. And so I just felt that I had to continue doing this for my dad, but now it's doing it not just for my dad. It's doing it for, you know, a global community.
0: Yes, you've created a global community with your efforts. It's amazing. Congratulations on on launching that on the on the positive impact that you're having. It's it's really amazing. So that's it's a, a beautiful story and it's a beautiful it's a beautiful transition that you've made over the years of of the different ways that you've found to impact your community in your the town that you're in, you know, you mentioned that you're um, a volunteer firefighter. I am. And, and you, you've had a ton of life experiences that you bring to this beautiful platform. So I, I, I thank you for that. I thank you for, for making, even for making the podcasting space a better place. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, thank you, Julie. Yeah. And it it's, you know, and I think that, when When I think about my life and about you know my my travels and my journeys and all of my decisions, I'm the, the type of person that I am. I'm one that is extremely sentimental and story based. Mm-hmm. I have to learn something through stories or through something more extensive than just you know the, than just learning life, like saying, "Oh, well, you know, I'm going to just put the pros and the cons on a piece of paper and look at the pros and the cons. That doesn't work for me. I have to really dive into it and have some sort of story in there. And that's how, what the difference is with my mom and dad. So I had both. My mother is very logical. She is the first Mr. Spock. (laughs) I'm a Star Trek fan. And she's the, the first Spock I ever knew, you know, very logical. And I married my husband and he's, He's both. He's so much like my dad, and he's so much like my mom. And I'm that that makes just a perfect marriage because I have. (laughs) But he's himself. He is truly himself, of course. But my mom, being very logical and write it down on pros and cons, and my mom can look at that and say, Well, you have this and you have this, so you should choose this. And it's like, But mom, (laughs) no, wait a second. But, and then when my dad would sit me down, he would use stories to help me make decisions. And I always liked the romanticism of the way my dad went about the stories. So he would do constellation stories, or he would make up a story about an animal, a wild animal, and bring that into a full circle with teaching that. And then he also used the compass, the north, south, east, and west, to help me with an understanding of life, because he, he knows that the way I work is through a very long process of reflection and Mm -hmm. I'm not quick to make decisions. Mm -hmm. And so he found that that was a way to help me because I, I had a hard time growing up. I had a really hard time in school, not a hard time at home with the family, but hard time at school because I was very different.
0: Well, our differences make the world go around, don't they? (laughs) For sure. So, tell me what you've learned in your grief. What can you share that has helped you, or that you've, you know, you've come to understand better? You know what what does what does healing mean to you? What does that look like for you today? I think for me, uh,
1: definitely the what my memories hold, what my teachings hold. That is what helps the grief. Uh, also, the fact that you know, and, and it—I I have my mom still, so being able to talk with my mom makes a huge difference because it's—it's it's like talking to dad because they were always one and the same. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're my parents. But for me, what I've learned—you you definitely fall back on those people that support you. There is a great support in not just family and friends but there's a great support in strangers mm. because when i started this podcast i didn't talk about my grief with the strangers but what i learned was that they had stories to tell that just brought life into me and that was a wonderful part of my growing through my grief was talking to these people worldwide, and hearing that, you know what, my dad lives throughout this world. His teachings are in so many other people, and I can also bring teachings to them from my dad, and that was a great way for me, and still is, you know, because I I feel like I still, you know, you, I don't want to say that you grieve your entire life, but the loss is there your entire life, no matter what it is, your dog, your cat, your goldfish, the, the flowers that, that were, you know, first place and now they died. I mean, your, your loss is there forever and ever and ever Mm -hmm. and how you deal with it. And so this podcast is truly for me is the greatest healing piece for me because I'm hearing my dad in their voices. Mm -hmm. It, it, it's great. And I, the other thing I learned is that when this all happened on December 22nd, Mm -hmm. I learned that I'm not the only one in this. I have my mom. She's in this. She was, I mean, completely stricken with, with the loss of her life completely and my siblings. And so I learned that the fact that we accept each other's grief—that is a huge piece of the puzzle—is accepting that each of us grieves differently is something that is so important, and I think that has helped each one of us grieve better, yeah. stronger, and come out of this with more love, more uh, support. And I think the other thing that I learned after losing him is that. Physically, you have to really watch your um, eating and so on. I became so grief stricken, and I'm—I don't eat when I become grief stricken. I drop down to like 105 pounds, mm-hmm. and that's a sickly—you know—I'm five five, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that—that was—that was. That was Bad and so my husband was very worried about me and so I needed to eat and I think that's something I learned too is that you need to pay really close attention to your health. Mm-hmm. All of those things. So paying attention to your health and finding an outlet, but it's not so much. And here's what I think is really important. I think if somebody seeks help too, I, I think if they seek it too hard, mm-hmm. they'll be disappointed. Mm. because they're they're wanting something, but they don't know what it is. And when they think that, and when they, they work too hard at it, then they find disappointment. I think things just kind of come into your life for reasons, like the music that day. Why on earth did I just decide to put on that music? There was no reason, except mm-hmm. oh, I'm just going to put on a piece of music. Um. So, yeah, and re- definitely reaching out to people. I'm not saying don't reach out to people, but definitely reaching out to people, reaching out to life coaches like yourself, uh-huh. I think that makes a huge difference because it's somebody to talk to. And I think that one of the biggest things that I've learned through all of this
0: is talking about it. Yeah, yeah, talking about it is is so important. Being patient with ourselves, I loved what you said about taking care of your health. Grief can really change your sleep patterns, your eating patterns. It can, it can really take a toll on us physically. So, yeah, great, great observations, great information there. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thanks for sharing your, your story. Thank you for sharing your, your thoughts on, on your own experience. You know, we're, we're, we're recording this in December. It's only a few days away from the anniversary, and and I appreciate you being here to talk about this, because this is this is how we help each other. This is, we, we do talk about it, and it, it allows us to feel like there's a community, that there's other people that understand, that have felt the sadness that we have felt and that have come out on the other end and are doing okay you know it, it's it's a it's a beautiful story your dad sounds like an amazing man i'm i'm sorry i didn't have an opportunity to meet him but he sounds like an amazing yeah. man and and i appreciate you sharing your story with us and sharing all that happened and wow i just yeah i just really appreciate that you know after i was a guest on your show i had the opportunity to to hear you tell your story briefly about losing your father. And and I thought, oh my goodness, I've got to have Catherine on to share that story with with those that are listening here. So tell us a little bit about where people can connect with you. Where can they find you, Catherine?
1: So the best place is uh, my website, yourpositiveimprint.com. And you can also find me on, of course, any podcast platform, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, and so on. And it's your positive imprint. And I would love to hear from people. I would love for people to just go through all of the different guests that I've had on the show because it is a variety show. Mm -hmm. So I don't focus on one topic. And so there's just absolute wonderful, absolute incredible positive imprints worldwide that are anxious to share to have you listen to their story on my podcast. And again, that's your positive imprint. And thank you, Julie, for mentioning that. Thank yeah. you.
0: And I'll have that in the show notes too. I'll have the the your positive imprint.com in the show notes. If you're if you want to go to the show notes, you can find that there. And yeah, I love it. I love it, Catherine. You you were it was a blessing to be interviewed by you. And then when I heard your story, I just I thought I I just need to I need to talk to Catherine. Everyone needs to hear her story. So, <laughs> thank you so much.
1: Oh, Julie, thank you so much for having me and talking about, you know, letting me talk about the grief recovery. And can I just mention one last Of course, thing? yeah. So, I just want to mention that for any listener that is grieving, that to just be really careful about uh, social media and typing your uh, needs or your story on social media and then asking for help because when something is written the connotation's gone and if somebody's really trying to help you you won't really understand that through the writing you really need to hear them mm-hmm. and to hear the because it can be really a soothing thing and reading something online might not be the best way to help you recover and that's why when I went to Your Positive Imprint and began that, hearing those people's voices really resonated in my life. So,
0: that's a beautiful reminder. Your social media is a—it's a blessing and a curse.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think
0: there's some there's some positive things there, but it also can be, like you said, it's 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 hard to hear the it, you can't hear the inflection in the words. So. Thank you so much. I really so much appreciate you being here. Well, thank you, Julie. I love Catherine's calm and gentleness. She really emphasized our unique relationships, how each of us have unique relationships. And she emphasized her unique relationship, even, even the, her, re- unique relationship versus even her siblings' relationships and how that influences the way we grieve and mourn. She uses her unique interests and talents to not only honor her father, but to also take care of herself, which is a great lesson for all of us. At one point, she mentioned that there may be something wrong with her because of how she's choosing to show up in her grief. I assured her that we are all unique and that we get to decide how we want to show up. Everyone has different feelings about visiting a gravesite or any other aspect of grief, and that's totally okay. That part of our conversation didn't get recorded, but I wanted to make mention of it here because I think it's important to remember that. I also loved how her faith and love informed her experience and her healing. Thank you again, Catherine, for sharing your wisdom. As I mentioned before, her website is listed in the show notes. Also on the webpage, For this episode at buildalifeafterloss.com, you'll find pictures of Catherine and a special video she created as a preview for the tribute dance she prepared for her dad. Now's the time to subscribe to the podcast. Make sure that you're subscribed so you get every episode and leave us a review. I love hearing from you. If you go to the website, buildalifeafterloss.com, You can not only see the pictures with Catherine, but you can also, you can also get on our mailing list and be included in our weekly mailings with short little messages that come out every week, as well as a reminder of the episode that comes out each week. As a grief coach, I can help you avoid some of the traps of grief. I can help you with an action plan. I can help you avoid those things that can cause problems for us. And we, we need to unlearn some things that we've learned about grief just because of the way our society works. And we need to learn the things that are helpful in healing. And I help you to stay on the path of hope and healing. You can schedule your free discovery call today at buildalifeafterloss.com. Just go with the, to the work with Julie page and we'll get you all set up there. We'll get you get you in to do that. Remember, I believe in you. I want you to really remember that this week. I love you. Bye.